0: Hello everyone, welcome back to the next Only Networking show. News, education and member spotlights from Only Networking. I'm James West. And
1: I'm Kelly West, and we're the co-founders of Only Networking, the business network for people who like people.
0: We are indeed. So lots coming up on the show. We are talking about the art of the networking one-to-one. If you don't know what it is, all will be revealed. We shall explain, yes. Um, We're also going to be talking about the power of listening. Really listening, not pretending you're listening, quite important. Um, And also we've got Rory Berry... We should have brought more Lego. We should have. We tried. We tried. We had the Lego flowers, Rory, but they were up here. So we've had to go back to the bonsai tree. So, um, but we're going to be talking to Rory about his zaniness.
1: And love of Lego.
0: And love of Lego. So that's all coming up on the show. So um, we also need to mention our lovely sponsors, Get Set Solent. So these guys provide fully funded business support services. Um, for businesses in the Solent area. It's things like marketing, support, raising business, finance. Just check them out. Go and have a look at the website, see if you qualify. It's getsetforgrowth.com forward slash Solent. Thanks for all the support, guys. So we start the show with our big topic, how to have a successful networking one-to-one. A one-to-one, if you don't know, Kelly's going to explain in a moment. Bedrock, I would say, of good networking. Mm -hmm. You've done a few one-to-ones in your I've done time. Done quite a few,
1: yeah, quite a few. What is it? So one-to-one, one-on-one, business call, whatever you want to call it. Um, different networks will call it different things, but it's basically uh, a business conversation, opportunity to get to know that connection. Two people, normally. You can do it with more people if you want to, just is a little bit harder. A one-to-one, then. Wouldn't be a one-to-one, one-to-two, three, four, whatever you might want it to be. But you can have a group call. So the one-to-one, business opportunity, business conversation, getting to know that connection a little bit more. If you already know them, you still have a one-to-one. You just further the conversation and deepen the relationship. So that really is just a space, different people, different lengths of time, I do so many that mine tend to be half an hour and I'll just set the scene for the person that I'm talking to. I just want to get to know you. That is my specific agenda when I'm going to have a one-to-one with anybody. I just want to get to know you. And if we talk about personal stuff, if we talk about business, then that's all good with me. But for me, it is just building a rapport and a connection to see whether there's a synergy with that person. If there isn't, there's nothing wrong with that. It just means that we've tried, we don't really gel. We don't really click probably the conversation won't go any further. You don't know until you try. So I think that's that's quite nice if you keep your one-to-ones quite short for that reason. If, you, if you're booking an hour and you're having a hard time talking to somebody, it can be a little bit rude, can't it, to cut it off mm. a bit shorter. So I would always suggest, for me personally, half an hour is a good time.
0: We, we, we make a lot of assumptions when we meet people. This is what you learn when you network. I mean, the starting point for most networking people look at the attendance list, people's job titles, who they work for, and they make this judgment but where they kind of work out what someone's potential value to them is going to be Mm. i.e you might be able to help me you definitely won't be able to help me it's a really short-sighted thing to do isn't it
1: yeah you don't know who that person knows where they went to school where they were brought up the amount of times people have said oh wow you know we live in different parts of the country we went to school together we didn't even realize you know i think unless you are prepared to open up. You don't need to be vulnerable if you want to. I mean, you you, you can, but I think allow a bit of your personality in and get to know that person. We are none of us unique in our business. None of us do Mm. anything unique. Our uniqueness is our personality and our character. And that is what the person you're talking to is going to buy into ultimately. So allow as much of that as you're comfortable with to come through because that's what that person is going to see.
0: Yeah. So it's basically a one-to-one is having a conversation to get to know someone. We can, yeah. we can overcomplicate it, can't we? But we think it's best to lead with getting to know the person rather than diving straight. Because if you just get on a one-to-one and go, right, you say your piece, mm-hmm. which is basically an extended pitch, and then I'll do mine, you're not really relationship building. I could have just read your website at that point.
1: Yeah, definitely. Also, it's a great opportunity for people that have multiple streams of income that, that, that have different businesses. You can't necessarily do that when you're in a networking meeting because you only get a short space to introduce yourself. But a one-to-one really does give you the opportunity to talk about those multiple strands.
0: Mm, that's a good point. So get to know the person. Uh, like we've said before, often you'll think either that person's not going to be helpful to me. You're probably wrong yeah. or you might be wrong. So you're only going to find out by having that conversation. might turn out that you actually really like that person and don't undervalue that because people that like other people, um, if you like someone, you're more likely to help them. So getting, getting to know people and just, you sometimes have these little breakthrough moments, don't you, where you'll mention something in someone's background or their kid will walk by or the dog or, and then you can see this this. There's a moment of human connection, isn't there? Where you can see people have gone from, I'm having sort of a business formal conversation to, I'm now talking to you as a human being. Yeah. Talking to people as a human being is absolutely a key, isn't it? It To, to getting to know them and...
1: Yeah, which leads nicely into the next point, Probe and position.
0: Probe and position.
1: Yeah. One of your favourite phrases.
0: I learned that from when I worked at Apple. You did. It's a really good way of approaching conversations, actually, particularly if you want to sell. Um, We were taught, don't go in with the, you want to buy this, it's expensive. You know, if you think of Apple, um, it was Probe. What what are you looking for? Do you know what these computers are? You know, a lot of people, when I worked at Apple, called it the iPod store, because this is before the iPhone and the iPad, and they only knew the iPod. Do you even know what an iPod is? <laughs> Thinking of people like Callum, you might not know what an iPod is. Um, but the idea is, why are you trying to sell something without ascertaining with whether the person actually cares or wants it? You're wasting your breath, aren't you, if you're just gonna go into a sales pitch. So probe, ask questions, and this leads us into the point about don't be afraid to tell people what you sell.
1: Yeah, you don't have to sell it at them. <laughs> you know, but you do need them to leave the conversation knowing what the heck it is you actually do and what you offer. And I think we don't do that enough because we're too nicey-nicey and we're too frightened to sell at the person. Set, set the scene. Just tell the person, let, let me tell you what I do so that you're better informed as to where I stand in the market, who I'm looking for and what opportunities you can listen out for me. Once I've told you what I do... Feel free to tell me in reverse, and we'll see if there's any connections that we can give each other any any opportunities that there might be there.
0: Absolutely essential to have that one to one with a sense of how you can help that person. Yeah, it, I mean, particularly in the very early days, unless their offering is very precise and they've got a fantastic niche that you can go. All oh, right, I know that person. Mm-hmm probably not going to lead immediately to a referral i.e you say go and speak to this person they may buy from you but it's the starting point isn't it for building that understanding
1: and try and be specific i say this all the time and i know people get frustrated but if you're telling me anyone if i'm an accountant and you're saying to me well i just want to talk to anyone that wants their books doing their accounts Keeping up to date. <laughs> yeah. I know that. You're it's an implicit, isn't it? You know. So p- please try and think about any specifics. And again, that goes back to we talked about it before. Homework. Who is that person connected with? Look them up on LinkedIn. Is there a connection of theirs that you would like an introduction to? And ask them, but then tell them why. So yeah, do, do your homework and and really know your message and who it is that you want your message to go to.
0: How do you do that thing? Cause I'm still, I mean, obviously I'm married to you, so I'm quite impressed by a lot of what you do, <laughs> but one of the things that you're brilliant at is saying, ah, so you've told me that you're this kind of person, you should, you have to speak to so-and-so.
1: I think that's just part of my personality. Chris Mansfield is very similar to me in that space, you know, but, but this is our business, you know, We're networkers by profession. Chris is a professional networker. So I think we're just attuned to listening out for opportunities and markers in order to how we can connect people. You can learn that.
0: You can learn to actively listen. Because you can
1: actively listen, yeah. Mm. And I think that's all it is. I think it it takes an awful lot of practice and I think it takes an awful lot of concentration and I'm lucky that I don't have a a noisy brain so when I'm talking to somebody, I'm able to listen to what they're saying and I'm, Mm. I'm piecing together. I've also got... heck of a lot of connections you know so if you're new to networking or you've been doing it a long time but it's got a bit stale for you throw yourself in and get to know the people that you're networking with even on linkedin i'll i'll reach out and randomly talk to somebody that might have popped up on my feed and i I did it the other day i had a one-to-one with him it's not a member of only used to be but just to reach out and say oh we popped up on my feed how you doing we had a quick chat we jumped on a call i've caught up with them you know and Actually, he gave me um, a connection because I was looking for somebody for somebody else. So, can you see, it's? I'm not looking for opportunities all the time, but I am looking for conversations all of the time.
0: I think it's about, if you go into a one-to-one and you say, look, I can do my piece, my formal bit, probably in about two minutes. I can tell you what I do. I can tell you exactly the person that I'm looking for. Mm. So if you happen to come across that person, I'd love to have a conversation with them. Say, for example, you're a marketing. I love working for restaurants. So just tell that to people. I really want to work for restaurants. So if you ever encounter a restaurant owner or someone talking about the need to market their restaurant, I'd love to have a chat with them. In fact, anyone in the food industry I want to talk to, I'm done. Because the beauty of doing that, A, you've made it very easy for them to help you, people do like to help if they can but you've got to signpost it for them and if it's if you've done that bit and it's clear and you can move on you don't have to spend the rest of the time worrying about your own agenda you can worry about their agenda which is the thing where you get to Mm. where you're just thinking right tell me more I'm going to delve into a bit of your personality and then I'm going to you you've got the space in your mind to then think you you should speak to that person
1: yeah, and it doesn't always have to be a connection. I think even in the last few weeks, if I've asked somebody how I can help them, a couple of people said, oh, I've put a post on LinkedIn. Would you mind just commenting on it for me? I can do that. I can do that. It'll take me two minutes, mm. you know. So I think it doesn't always have to be that pound sign connection going to lead to a piece of business, but I've had a nice conversation with you. I really like you. I've gelled with you. What can I do? What, mm. What's going to take me just a few minutes to help you and support you?
0: Well, I think we've probably covered quite a lot there, haven't we? So I think just to summarise, when you have a one-to-one, it's just a conversation, lead with getting to know the person. You're going to remember the person's personality and the things that they talked about, their hobbies and their life and their interests, more than the fact that they do marketing. That's how you're going to remember to differentiate people. So get to know the person, you'll enjoy it more. That energy will translate into a result. But make it clear what you do when you speak to someone and how they can help you and then make sure you find out how they can how you can help them. Rinse and repeat. Can
1: I set a challenge? Go on then. Push yourself. Go and actively seek out the person that you wouldn't normally go to for a one-to-one for whatever reason and arrange a call with them.
0: Good challenge. Yeah. Very good idea. Be open-minded, yeah. isn't it? That's what that's all about. So there we go. Kelly, did you know that Get Set Solent offer businesses in the Solent area fully funded access to a range of really important business services? So there's things like uh, marketing and business workshops, there's one-to-one support, there's networking, and probably most importantly of all, there's access to grant funding.
1: Well, I didn't realise, but after looking into it, uh, qualifying businesses who enrol in the programme will be matched with an expert advisor who will help them realise their business growth. And this might be through marketing, business strategy, or help to apply for one of the Get Set Solent grants.
0: Yeah, and because Get Set Solent is a fully funded business support service, amazingly, these services are available to for free, as you say, for qualifying businesses. So check them out. Going over a look at the website, getsetforgrowth.com forward slash Solent, and see if you qualify for some of this support. So it's time for part two to go around the network, get some wisdom and feedback from our lovely members. So this one was based on Serena Mann's... Um, Only Talks, where you might have seen her on the show, where she talks about um, how to build relationships online, how to speak effectively, how to communicate effectively. We asked a question. (laughs) This was contentious, wasn't it? We asked all of our groups um, in this month, what do you prefer when you're having conversations with people speaking or listening? Do you think we got genuine answers?
1: I think we got, towards the end of the month, they got more genuine, I think. A few people changed.
0: <laughs> Some people <laughs> say I, I can remember Alan Braithwaite saying, I love talking. I don't, there's no point in pretending otherwise, but I also talk to find out about people and he'll back it up by being very conversational on social media, mm. for example. So talking, we don't need to vilify no, talking if you're talk, unless you're just talking at people. That's yeah,
1: a, a bit of a difference, isn't it?
0: Isn't it? But we've got some great quotes. We
1: have, that. yeah. Reem Khatib, nice one this. I love listening more than speaking. I love the stories. And I think that's a really nice love thing. Love the stories.
0: Yeah. yeah, we all like stories. Yeah, yeah. So,
1: so many... Well, we've put some notes here, haven't we? So many people want to talk, so if you genuinely like to listen, great way to engage with people and giving them the space to speak.
0: Well, this quote kind of supports that, doesn't it? Next one.
1: Alessandro said took me a while. I must admit, Alessandro, when I listen, people are fascinated by me. Yeah. Let's not explain that one. Let's leave that for people to decipher.
0: I think it's that deep. It is. It is. I thought it was very clever. Um, Phil Coley, listening is the best sales tool. He is a sales coach. Um, He's absolutely right. Uh, We've talked before, haven't we, about probe and position. You've got to learn about what people want before you try and sell them. Um, So great point there Phil and Serena herself she said um well she said listening is really the uh, the the crux of a good communicator what does she say specifically good speaking is a response to listening because yeah. people there's no point telling people stuff that they don't care about or don't want to hear so listen and mm-hmm. um, before you speak great point point.
1: and leveling up the listening we talked about
0: leveling up
1: not just listening but then actively asking questions based on what you've heard
0: not just nodding and waiting to speak, yeah, definitely.
1: Rachel McKenna, she said, pick out the key words that people used. What? Why did they say it? You can often find out what people need and how you can help them by listening intently. Mm. It's good. It's quite nice to mirror sometimes as well, isn't it? Yes. You know, so use the words, use the tone, use the body language in order to, to show that Voss. you're listening. Chris Voss, I was trying to think.
0: I'm not that. sure he invented
1: it. Probably not, but he talks about it, doesn't he? Yeah. Uh, Leah Steele talks <laughs> about being patient. Networking is the slow cooker of marketing when most people want an air fryer. <laughs> I mean, come on. Is there a better quote than that?
0: I nearly fell off my chair when she said that. That doesn't perfectly fit into this section, but it was too good a quote yeah. to not mention. There probably is a point there, isn't there, about if you just go ploughing in, blah, 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 you're not going to get very far. You've got to be patient with networking. But,
1: yeah, Love air fryer. That love it. She loves a food analogy, does she?
0: She does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's time for part three of the show. Kelly's going to whisk off in a moment and go and have a chat with the roaring berry himself, Rory Berry. See what he did there? Good luck. Thank you. He's a bit of a dynamo, but you will enjoy this section. Step into your teleport.
1: Hello, Rory. Hello, Lovely you, kind of scared, kind of excited, mixture of emotions, because you're just wonderful. So we we'll never know what's going to come out in a conversation. I'm bound to learn a new word or two, I'm sure. <laughs> no pressure. I'm banking on it, Rory. So let's, let's dig into the brain of Mr. Berry himself. I've got a short bio about you, Berry. So I'm just going to tee our listeners up to just to give them a bit of an information around you. So through your business, Roaring Berry, good name, by the way. Rory helps business, businesses save money and improve performance by working as a people retention specialist. Combining your background in customer service with skills learned from acting and improv, you use a variety of novel method, methods, including Lego, which we're bound to talk about at some point, to engage people.
2: Yes, I, I'm in. Sign me up. Oh, wait, that, that's about <laughs> that's me. You. Yes, yes, yes. yes.
1: yes. Yeah. Yes, yes to that. So we're setting the scene. That's who you are. That's where you're coming from in this conversation. We're going to get straight to it. Why do you do what you do? What's it all about?
2: Why do I do what I do? As woo as it may sound to some, I genuinely feel called to this work. I believe in a world where looking after your people is as obvious as breathing. And it's not a nice to have. It's just a we have, not even a must have, it's just we have. Because I have seen in my years on the planet, and as you can tell, there've been more than one because once they were waves and now they are beaches up here. (laughs) Um, So many examples of amazing, incredible, committed, engaged people that could have turned businesses into absolute powerhouses not be those things because of systems that are maybe broken or unfortunately managers that can't manage or lead or have never been taught to or mm. how to. And so for me, as I said, I genuinely feel that this is a calling that I have to help businesses look after their people better. And ultimately, if we can do that in micro scales in different places, we could maybe just change the world.
1: Wow. I don't, how do I follow that? I think that's marvellous. And I think what a difference it can make. I think you're right. It's a, it's a huge ship to turn, isn't it? But if you can make small baby steps and progress along the way, then, of course, what a great journey that is. And you're super passionate about it, too, Rory. I can tell that. Tell us a bit about your background. So corporate world, we, we talked about customer service in the corporate world. What was that like?
2: So um, along the way, before I even got to customer service, I spent 10 years in the performing arts And I worked at a summer camp in the States, which partially helped shape the way I view some of the world, but more importantly, the way I viewed looking after people. And then when I met my now wife, um, landlords had this annoying thing where they wanted money instead of sort of love and hope, which is how actors normally would pay for things. And so I decided that I wanted to move into the corporate space and realized that there were things that were as obvious as breathing to me, that were like revelation to the people Mm -hmm. that I was leading and working with. So I worked for a internet service provider and I helped run their customer service team. And this was, as you would potentially imagine, the lowest rung in the ladder. Mm -hmm. And yet by the time I was moving on, because I was moving countries, my department had the lowest churn in the business. And we'd become the feeding ground of knowledge for the rest of the business, because when I was bringing people into my team, I was looking at, A, how would they enhance my team, but B, how would they enhance the business? And then we would go in from there. And our customer service system was quite simple. Look at the geography of your face. Two of these, one of these, use them in the right ratio and you can solve a lot of problems.
1: (laughs) I love that. It's very simple, but highly effective i like that thank you rory so improv where did that come along so um camp america yeah obviously gave probably gave you a little bit of an insight into that world did it did you yes yeah
2: because you know you get tossed up on stage in front of a thousand kids to entertain them you've got options (laughs) (laughs) fly or flounder Um, (laughs) i chose fly Mm-hmm. um and then through through that time it was quite funny one of those sort of out of the mouths of babes moments where in my third summer of going back from Cape Town to North Carolina to go and work there one of the kids said to me you're always telling us to follow our dreams and encouraging us and motivating us why aren't you doing acting and I was like "Oi,
1: <laughs> enough of that
2: there'll be enough of this wisdom from you <laughs> and so I at that point moved back and then did as i said 10 years of performing arts about 7 6 or 7 of which i did improv and improv is honestly if i say one of the greatest things the world has ever experienced i think i'm underselling it okay. because when when you have done improv or you've experienced improv or you've learned it and it's not just for actors improv is for the world it's for the mm. whole world everyone should do an improv class in my opinion as scary as it may be for some because of the life lessons and life skills that you get from it. And the one that most people would think about is the yes and, which is the sort of accept an offer, take it and amplify it. But the one that I love telling people about is the shift from me to we. And that's quite simply this. If we're on a stage together, it's my job to make you look good. And it's your job to make me look good. So we park our ego, we park our agenda and we shift from me to we. And when people do this in relationships, when people do this in business, when people do this in the world, it gets better.
1: And he's just dropped as to why improv is so important in that team space. Shifting the eye to we. There we go. How long have we known each other? How long has it taken me to realize that key point there? So thinking about... Well, oh, improv is obviously a big part of your life, personally, as well as from the, a business space. You're telling us that it can give so much in both both areas. I'm waiting. I'm really looking forward to the answer to this one. So, how do you balance business and personal life, Rory? So,
2: I'm going to potentially controversially answer this question with this. I hate the term work-life balance because yeah. it implies something has to lose. Because if you have a balance, it's this or it's this. So somebody's winning, somebody's losing, or if we're really lucky, we hit this weird equilibrium utopia moment. I prefer to think of it as work-life integration. Because as much as we want to say, I leave and I shut the door and I don't think about it ever again, especially as business owners, Mm -hmm. it's impossible. You're out Mm -hmm. and about, you're doing something, you're at an event, you're at a function, and you're present, you're always there, but somebody says something that triggers a thing, and all of a sudden, you've gone down three rabbit holes and taken a quick handbrake turn to the left, and you've actually solved something that you didn't think that you were thinking about, because it's subconsciously been percolating. And so, when we look at work-life integration as the concept, we're not thinking about what can win to lose, what can win so that somebody else has to lose so that we can get that thing done today. It's what does what does today look like?
1: So let's think about where you are in your business now. Dial it back, hindsight being that wonderful thing. What would you do? What do you wish you'd have known back then that would have helped you now?
2: I wish I knew back then two things. Number one, the absolute power of understanding your cash flow at a day-to-day level. because yes best laid plans and oh I've got lovely work for October November this year great how are you paying to get there so Mm -hmm. not understanding cash flow the way I understand it now so if I could have learned if I could have walked in day one and understand cash flow the way I do now and the second one today I understand sales marketing biz dev as different streams and channels in different ways whereas when I started they were a sort of weird amalgamated (laughs) thing that sort of you prodded now and again (laughs) give me people to work with um whereas it's actually significantly more of a strategy and I mean doing what I do now helping people with people strategy it makes total sense that I now looked at all of the other strategies and processes and systems in my business. And so, yeah, those, I think would be the two biggest things for me.
1: Yeah. I like that. uh, Finances is a good one. I don't think a lot of people would be brave enough to say that because I think we're all meant to be, that's great. Business is wonderful, isn't it? Money's never an issue and it's not often the case. So I agree with you because even with the best accountant and bookkeepers, That never looks like that does. (laughs) Their forecasts and everything else that come with it. It's not until you get to a certain size or is it or you know, a certain established business that you realise the importance of that. So I completely understand that, Rory.
2: And you learn to change your boundaries. You do. Because once people don't pay you, you change your invoicing system to upfront or deposit or direct debit. Whereas in the past, it might've been, I think I can trust you. I'll send you an invoice and you'll pay me. Oh, you didn't pay me. Oh, I don't know how I can pay me today because you didn't pay me because Mm. I didn't have the right boundaries in place.
1: It's so true. And it's not until we get to that and we face those obstacles that we then realize that it's a problem. And it's a shame that one person upsets the apple cart for everybody, but equally, it's great because it makes us stronger as a result, doesn't it? Absolutely. You've been in business a number of years share a really good business memory with us
2: I think for me the biggest exciting memory was the first of October 2020
1: wow okay a
2: very specific day very yeah <laughs> it was the day that I went from this is my side hustle to this is my full time yeah
1: Deserves an applause that one for sure yeah Yeah. and it's a roller coaster massively yeah it is is. we do it 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 for um normally why did you go into business was it for the freedom of lifestyle or what, what was your driving factor
2: I couldn't find a business that did what I do and I wanted to do what I do so I decided to create a business doing it why not why
1: not I did I love that I love that yeah, if it's not out there, then just 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 put it together. I like it. So you're a fantastic networker. You're an incredibly easy to get on with. I've had the privilege of meeting you in person a few times and working together. You, it, It's like I've known you forever, even the first time I met you. So you're obviously a good networker and you enjoy it. Have you got a good networking story or a win? Yes okay i'm intrigued by this
2: one and it comes down to caring about your 60 second 30 second pitch when you're going to these places it's very easy to slip into comfort and not Mm -hmm. really give it your all and sort of go yeah i kind of do stuff and then stuff please buy my stuff And, (laughs) and no one remembers that I really put a strong emphasis on getting my 60 seconds or however long I have as impactful as possible to trying to give people the best opportunity to kind of you know, rocket through that know, like and trust. Yeah. And the first time I ever did any speaking public engagement, mm-hmm. the guy that called me to do it had met me at one networking meeting And the only, he didn't actually, we didn't actually talk that much at the meeting. He heard me do a 60 second pitch. And then he said, I've got an event and um, I need a speaker. Are you by any chance available? And I said, yes, I actually am, I'd love to. So my speaking journey started as a result of being intentional about when I'm networking, not half assing, I hope I can say that,
1: you can, you can you've
2: said it yeah it's fine edited out in post um but really being intentional about my 60 seconds and i think that so many people take it for granted especially if it's a familiar setting oh we've got so many people so many people so many people and then that one visitor comes out to everyone it's it's the usual crew i don't have to really take this seriously no you have to take it seriously mm. every day. i took yeah so yeah. That would be my that would be my big win, which is sort of sidled into a bit of a tip at the same time.
1: I like it. We're all up for tips. I can remember being in a group um, oh gosh, probably 15 years ago. And it's very much the the environment you're talking about. Very comfortable. We're all good friends as well as, you know, business connections. And we just got used to hearing each other's introductions. We did, you know, it's like wallpaper sometimes when you've heard it for a number of years. And this chap asked for something in this particular morning. And one of the other members went, I can help you with that. The first guy had been asking for it for about six months. He hadn't changed what he'd asked for. The guy had been there the whole time. He just wasn't paying attention the other 50 times that he said it. But on that particular morning, he was engaged. He was in the right space and he was thinking about it. So, you know, we talk about this all the time. You don't always have to be on mode. You know, you need to be yourself. But you do need to be understanding of the fact that you could say something a thousand times and somebody may only hear it once. So I think that's a really good tip, Rory. Thank you. Final question, a little bit of an insight into Rory. Night owl or early bird?
2: I used to be a night owl. Oh. But what I have come to discover is I really like sleeping. But I also really now enjoy my morning routine because I've changed up my morning routine in the last six months. And as a result, I now am having more productive days and more sort of work-life integration is better. So nice. yeah, I used to be a night owl, but now I am significantly more of an early bird.
1: And I've got two very quick questions. So completely going off piece here because we haven't talked about it. What's the best Lego set? Can you even name one, or is the multiple?
2: Can we just clarify: Is this the best set that I own, don't own, want to own?
1: Oh, one that you own and one that you don't. Okay, you so
2: really the want. best so the best Lego set that I own is probably my little Lego Wall E, Wally from the movie.
1: Nice. Yes.
2: Um and one that i don't own that's just released which is now absolutely on the wows as i need to buy this list is the new lego rivendell set
1: oh okay look at the eyes have lit up on this one yes i'm mourning the disney castle i should have bought it before it went out of sale i'm just hoping that a new one comes along that's even better than the first one otherwise i can't see myself with extra cash in order to get one from somebody who's stockpiled.
2: (laughs) eBay is your friend, there will probably be some specials out there somewhere.
1: Exactly. And then final, final question. Cake is a big part of Mr. Berry's life. So what's the best cake?
2: So there is a three-parted answer to this because cake is that much of a part of my life. Okay. So number one, I think that the... The Victoria sponge, the humble Victoria sponge, is a massively underrated cake, and is sometimes a perfectly good choice in the middle of week. You need a lighter cake, so it's not full mischief. If we're going full <laughs> mischief. It's red velvet all day. Okay. Um, and if I'm trying to be healthy, then it's lemon drizzle because then it's technically got a fruit.
1: <laughs> I- you've given me permission to go and get a lemon drizzle i need no other no other words (laughs) i like your style
2: i'm here to help
1: (laughs) i feel like you've been asked that question before as well (laughs) rory as always it has been an absolute pleasure to get to know you there's just a little insight into the rory world for any of the members that don't already know you any of our listeners you're a member of Only crawley is that right i am indeed yeah. So if anybody wants to come and find you, they can find you there. And obviously, we'll we'll be sharing your details along with the interview. So thank you, Rory. It's been an absolute
0: pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. So this has been The Only Networking Show. Thanks for joining us. Please like, subscribe and share. And we'll see you again next month.